Welcome aboard to the Great Movie Podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Becca. And we'll be your guides through this magical journey into the movies. Please keep all arms, hands, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Today, as we announced on our last episode, we are talking about Cars 3. So this is kind of interesting because we, since we're not doing it in order, we're getting to Cars 3 before we talk about Cars 1 and 2. And if you listened to last episode, you know that I had never seen Cars 2 or 3, and I did not watch Cars 2 previous to watching Cars 3. So... Maybe that will color my perception of the movie. I don't know. I've heard that Cars 2 is like pretty separate. Like you don't need, I didn't need to have watched Cars 2 before I watched Cars 3. So we might talk about, is it the best movie in the Cars franchise? We might talk, leave that, leave that talk to maybe the third when we get to the last Cars movie. So then we can like look back at our ratings and really like mm-hmm. mathematically go back to the data and see which one we liked the best. So Stay tuned for our thoughts. Yeah, but we all know the big question on everyone's minds was if Katie actually watched Cars 2 before she watched Cars 3. And now we know. Yep. Too much. I I already had to watch Cars 3 twice. I was going to watch Cars 2 as well. (laughs) We didn't have to watch it twice. Well, yeah. I didn't watch Chinese Word twice, but... We'll get, stay tuned if I liked it better than Dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) And the rating. Yeah. So let's get started on our fact file. So this is a more recent movie. Like, Dinosaur was older and Snow White was obviously older. So this is kind of our second more modern movie. It was released on June 16th, 2017. And it is a has a G rating. So we kind of talked about the differences between PG and G in our last episode. So we're going to try and remember to always include the rating beforehand. Yeah. yeah, and I have a couple things. Some of this I thought about putting in trivia, but I just, whatever. I'm just going to say it here. The first thing is that our number one fan. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that all offensive people. My best friend, Ashley. Uh, I know we talked about her on the dinosaur episode, but we're going to have to bring her up again this episode. She actually messaged me as she was listening to Dinosaur to weigh in on our conversation about PG versus G. And she says that as a second grade school teacher, she's only allowed to show G-rated movies to the kids. And that's a big problem because she has a hard time finding them. So it seems like Ashley is kind of agreeing with us and saying that it's more common for PG ratings. And to back that up, I have some more data for us. So Cars 3 was actually the 11th theatrically released animated film of the 2010s to be rated G by the MPAA, the people that do the rating, and only one of 14 total. So between 2010 and 2019, only 14 animated movies were rated G. That's a little, only a little over one a year. I was shocked by that. I mean, I know our hypothesis was that PG was more common, but... That's hardly yeah. any. Yeah, especially when you think that, like, the likelihood of any movie being G, like, animated, is, animated movies are probably the most likely to get a G rating, and for them to be that low is interesting. Yeah, and actually, as Katie just mentioned, Cars 3 came out in 2017. It was the only film of 20, 2017 that wasn't a documentary to be rated G. Again, mm-hmm. 
kind of shocking to me, but yeah, I think that Ashley's input combined with that st- those stats kind of really show how uncommon it is to be rated G. Yeah, we still did not, or I did not do any research into, like, what the difference between G and PG mm. is and, like, what constitutes a PG rating versus a G rating. So, I don't know. Again, I'm sticking to my hypothesis that maybe, like, kissing can't be in G movies. That's the mm. only thing I can think of. I think it's more to do with, like, thematic elements, which how do they mm. define that? Uh, yeah, that is harder. Is anyone's guess, but... Yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, there was no kissing in this movie, so that's <laughs> my hypothesis. And actually, I think at least four of them were Pixar movies of the of the fourteen total released hmm. in the twenty tens. I'm just going off the top of my head here, remembering what I read on IMDb. Yeah. And I think six of them were Pixar and Disney, so they make up almost half of them. Yeah. And then there were a couple I had never heard of before so i guess some less well-known animated movies but anyway that's my little interlude there yeah so i'm going to talk about some of the actors so owen wilson is the voice of lightning mcqueen which is really funny because i feel like ever i always forget that like i always remember that larry the cable guy is mater but whenever like i it's just that i like if somebody would asked me who voiced lightning mcqueen just out of the blue i don't know if i could be like oh it's definitely owen wilson and as i was watching it, i was like oh it's definitely owen wilson like i feel like i remembered really um, like his voice yeah but it, it like his voice isn't super like it doesn't scream owen wilson even when you listen to it in cars i feel like i guess but you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of uh tim allen and tom hanks in toy story mm. The voices as anything else and I know it's them but I'm also not distracted by that fact when I watch it they yeah their voices fit really well the characters so I when I'm watching it I know in the back of my mind that it's Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy but I'm not like oh it's Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy kind of like I wasn't onward unfortunately with those but um <laughs> one of the IMDB trivia facts was how many times Owen Wilson says wow <laughs> uh, I know I like when I was getting ready to say that I was like oh dang I should do an Owen Wilson impression of saying wow but I feel like I'm not very good at it so I did I did not do, do impressions but I thought that was really funny I think it was seven wow that's the closest I can get I feel like it's too nasally <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to attempt it so at least Katie is brave enough to do that not me I think it was like seven or eight times and I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I did notice it, but only once. I didn't try to count it hmm. at all, so it wasn't distracting again. Yeah, and quick little fun fact, Owen Wilson. So he's going to be a character in the new Loki series on Disney Plus coming up. So I'm excited for that. Um, so the voice of Cruz Ramirez is Cristela Alonzo, who I don't recognize her name at all. I didn't recognize her voice when I was listening to it. She's a um, Nathan? she's a co- oh, she's sorry, a comedian. I've seen her name once mm. since then, but it wasn't anything acting related. I think it was something social justice related. So I don't know. Oh. I really don't know that much about her. But she's a main character, so I thought we should talk about her. Yeah. Now, just a quick note before Katie finishes the rest of it, we've decided not to include any characters that are first introduced in the original Cars movie. We'll talk about them then. Obviously, almost all the voices from Cars 
are in this as well, but none of them have major roles, and it's also not their first time. So besides Owen Wilson, we're just really not going to mention any of them. And again, we're not going to mention people that we don't know, really. So, Yeah. Um, Nathan Villian is the voice of Sterling, um, and I think he does a really good job. And then Army Hammer is the voice of Jackson Storm, and that kind of shocked me. I was not expecting that at all. And then I don't even, I guess I don't even really know what Army Hammer's voice sounds like that much. So I, I couldn't even pick up on it when I was listening to it after I knew it was Army Hammer. And then Carrie Washington is the voice of Natalie Certain. After I found that out, I, I could hear Carrie Washington's voice in that. And then Rebecca has this crossed off, but I'm going to mention it. It might be because it's in previous films, mm. but I don't really care. I'm going to mention it anyway. <laughs> Bob Costas is the voice of, like, one of the announcers that they cut to, like, when he's, um, like, commentating on the race. And that just makes me so happy. And I was actually watching it with my mom. And she was like, is that Bob Costas? <laughs> Um, that's really funny. So, I, yeah, I, love I think that. that's why I did have it crossed off. If I remember correctly, he is in the original Cars movie. But, you know, legend, living legend. How could we not mention him? Also, yeah. totally agree with you yeah. on Carrie Washington. Once you know it's her, you can tell. But I also think she does a good job in the role. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and then last one I'm going to talk about is isaiah whitlock jr who plays river scott who's like one of the older mm-hmm. cars the one, the one right? they, in the when they first go in the place he's in the middle he's like a gray car with a black kind of mustache okay the only reason i put him on here is because he's played by the actor that plays clay davis in the wire and if you know the wire the show um the hbo show the wire then you know exactly who i'm talking about he plays the mayor and he has that catchphrase um, his catchphrase is not safe for work, so we're not going to mention it in the podcast, in, in this podcast. No. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And I just thought it was really funny that they included him in this um, because some of his other movies, like that catchphrase is so iconic, he does it. Like he's in Black Klansman mm. and he does his catchphrase from The Wire in it. So I just thought that was really funny. Mm. I honestly didn't recognize any of the other older cars, like Smokey. Yeah. Uh, Louis, Louise, Louise Nash. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think they call her Lou. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. have her listed in my notes as Lou. Um, but there are some race car drivers who have cameos and like, after I saw that note, not that I recognize any of their voices, because even though Rebecca and I are from North Carolina, we are not race car fans. Sorry. I did really like the joke about like moonshine later in because like, for those of you who don't know, who aren't from North Carolina or big NASCAR fans, like that is the origin of NASCAR. Um, people in North Carolina started running moonshine and they started to like soup up their cars so that they could get away from the cops because they were chasing them down because they were running moonshine. But then after the prohibition ended, they had all of these like souped up cars that could go really fast. And they're like, we have nothing to do with them. So they started racing them. And that was the origin of NASCAR. So I really liked that kind of callback and that joke about moonshine but like i said rebecca and i aren't race car fans so i didn't recognize any of the cameos but i will say once i knew that there were cameos there were like a couple times i was like that was definitely a cameo yeah most of the car like they're mostly cars and if you look at the names of the cars their plays their like word plays on their actual names just kind of Mm. turned into car phrases and stuff like um yeah I loved that too as a person from North Carolina who's not a race car driver but knows a race car driver a race car NASCAR fan racing fan 
Um, but I do know a little bit about that history that Katie mentioned. I thought that was really, really cool. And they did mention the Carolinas by name. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, obviously, you don't have to be a racing fan to watch or enjoy the movies. But I'm sure if you are a really big fan, that plus all the cameos and stuff is really, really cool. So I'm sure there's people that really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then lastly the director was brian fee and so this was actually his directorial debut but he had previously worked as a storyboard artist on the first two cars films so he was familiar with like the characters and the stories and he also worked on a couple disney sequels previously and other pixar movies such as little mermaid 2 101 dalmatians 2 which is is that just 102 dalmatians is that what it's called i forgot to look that up i guess but there's a couple different sequels there's like oh i think yeah. it's the patch the patches oh, London yeah because there's a couple different sequels i think yeah but he also worked on tarzan 2 fox and the hound 2 ratatouille and wally i just thought it was hilarious that he worked on so many sequels and yeah. then his pixar debut was a sequel or a trequel or triquel or however you I think there's a, <laughs> there's a specific word for a sequel that's the third of it, and I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, I just thought it was yeah. funny. But this was at least theatrically released, so. Yeah. Yeah, Pixar sequels are theatrically released. Mm -hmm. But as we've spoken about in the past, most Disney sequels are not. Yeah. Frozen 2 is kind of an exception to that rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rescuers Down Under is the only one I can think of. True. Off the top of my head. Which seems like such an odd one, but... Yeah. Anyway, moving on through the fact file, the next section is budget and box office. So the budget for the film was $175 million. The U.S. opening weekend was $54 million. The total U.S. gross was $153 million. And the worldwide gross was $384 million. Uh, so just again, Katie and I aren't... Uh, box office budget experts but I would say that I mean you want your movie to make more than you spent so uh, based on the worldwide gross I don't think you could consider this movie a flop at all I'm not the one thing I'm not sure of are, is like the U.S. gross alone supposed to be higher than the budget I'm not sure about that but I don't know either. The only thing I know is that I think Marvel movies, their goal is to make like a billion dollars or <laughs> maybe maybe 500 million, something something like that. Like there is like they also have different tiers, obviously, mm -hmm. like an Ant-Man movie isn't going to make as much as like an Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. But I remember like I was watching a video about like maybe their goal for how much they wanted Black Widow to make. And I think it was like maybe 700, 800 million is, like, their goal, which is just, like, wild to me because that's so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like real money at that point. So the yeah. next section in the fact file is the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I do have a note on this because Katie brought it up uh, last episode for Dinosaur, and I had to look it up. So the number that comes first that we said we're using is the... Oh, and that we used for di Dinosaur was the Tome... Tomato meter? <laughs> Tomatometer. Tomatometer. <laughs> Tomator. And <laughs> it's the critic score. Okay. So if you ever look and you just like look at what the first number is, know that that's the critic score. The audience score is separate and they do list that, but it's like the second number. 
So uh, whatever we said for Dinosaur was the critic score. Interestingly enough, the score for Cars 3 was the same exact score for both the critics and the audiences. I have no idea how often that happens. A lot of the times they're not the same, so I would say it's probably not too often. But 69% was the critic and audience score. So we'll see how that compares to the official Great Movie Podcast rating later on in the episode. I think honestly, like, just not to, like, spoil my thoughts on it, but I feel like that's pretty... I feel like I think I feel like we're gonna be close. Yeah, I think so too. We were pretty close on Dinosaur too. So. Yeah, we were. And uh, the next section is the awards and nominations, and um, it has none of note. And uh, this will come back up in trivia, so stay oh, tuned okay. for that. So, as for sequels, remakes, spinoffs, and TV shows, this is a sequel. Obviously, <laughs> it's Cars Three. Um, also, just uh, to poll the audience, I guess, what are your thoughts on sequels just being like the name of the first movie and then a digit at the end <laughs> versus like a different title? Because I don't know if I really have thoughts on it, but just like if there are any thoughts out there, I'm interested in your thoughts. Will there be a Cars Four? Is the real question. And I wouldn't put it past Pixar if I'm being completely honest. I do. It's it is weird to me that Cars does have three sequels because I feel like it is a it's not their like blockbuster franchise. Mm. Not that their blockbuster franchise has less sequels because I think it's probably Toy Story (laughs) and there's four of them. Um, But it just like I don't know. It seems like an odd one. But also it does kind of seem like an easy one, I guess, to make sequels out of because like. There wasn't a great, like, close for the book ending Mm. at the end of Cars. Yeah. And they had, like, created this whole, like, separate world that I think was fun for them to explore. I have thoughts, like, capital T thoughts on this. I think that Cars is, like, John Lasseter's favorite thing. I don't know why Mm. I think that. Maybe just things that I've absorbed. But I get the impression that it's his favorite. Mm. And... Stay tuned again for trivia. There's two things that are coming back. I like to, you know, leave little hints. Yeah. uh, Get you guys excited for trivia. But one of the things Katie mentioned about the director, or I guess the director of the movie, there's some trivia on that as well that I I almost mentioned it then, but I was like, no, I'll save it for the trivia. (laughs) I think that's that's why they have three. They have two sequels and and three total. I think it's his favorite. Yeah, I could see that. I also... Because I talk about Super Carlin Bros a lot on this channel, um, also I think I maybe have brought up New Rockstars. I will say, like, a common theme that New Rockstars always brings up is, like, toys. The answer is always toys. Mm, and cars is something that they can make an infinite number of toys of. And I haven't noted this earlier, but I'll bring this up now. Something I really picked up on watching this is how many different designs Lightning McQueen goes through in this movie. Like, I think it's at <laughs> least five. So they can sell five different figurines of Lightning McQueen just from this one movie. So mm. I don't know if that's like a driving force for sequels, but I'm, I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, well, merchandise is how Disney makes its money. And remember, if you remember all the way back to our Snow White episode, you'll remember that Disney pioneered that merchandising based off of film properties. So, Just with the possibility of a Cars 4, the producers Kevin Rayer, Rayer and Andrea Warren have stated that this is not confirmed to be the last ever Cars movie. So they're leaving the door open, which I feel like is a good move. Like, 
I don't know if they'll ever come out and be like, this is absolutely the last mm. movie that we're ever making because who knows what they're going to do, you know? And um, they said that they, this is such a classic line, like we'll make another one if we think that it's better or like adds to the story or adds to the universe or adds to the characters. Now, I feel like they always say that, like we won't make a sequel unless we feel like it's worth making the sequel. And I will say half the time it's not worth making the sequel, so... That's such a line. That's such a industry standard line. Yeah, like there are some lines that athletes, like you know that they're going to say in interviews, like that is, an, that is a filmmaker line. I was just about to say that. <laughs> such an athlete thing. They have pre-written lines that they just say. We're taking yeah. it one day at a time. Just one day at yeah. a time. <laughs> um, and they did say that they would consider like a future film starring Cruz Ramirez. Which I would enjoy, but I I feel like they kind of tried to do that. From what I know about Cars 2, it, like, is Mater kind of, like, the main character I think in so. that one. And that one, like, kind of flopped. And not saying that that, like, was because Lightning McQueen wasn't. Maybe it had mm. more to do with that Mater was. <laughs> but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they'd really... Like, Lightning McQueen would still be in it. And even if he's in it less than Cruz, I feel like he's still going to be the main character. Mm. Like, he's the main character of the Cars franchise that's true i i do feel like at least they set it up better for cruz to be a protagonist in a first yeah in yeah. a future film than they set up mater to be a protagonist in <laughs> cars he's true. clearly the the comic relief side character i don't know who decided to make yeah. him a protagonist it's just not really that smart to me but yeah i've heard things of like they they suffer from minion syndrome in cars too <laughs> it's like Mater only works because he's the funny side character. Like, when you make him the main character, it no longer works. And it's kind of the same thing with the minions. Like, mm. they worked as a funny side character in Despicable Me, but they didn't work as the main character in the Minions movie. Yeah. Agreed. Anything else to add? Not the moment. All right. Moving quickly along to the next sec- section called Story Origin slash Making Of. Unfortunately, I do not have much on the making of Cars 3. Obviously, like most Pixar movies, it's more of an original story, i.e. it's not based off of a fairy tale or specific source material like a lot of Disney films are, although Dinosaur that we talked about last month was an exception to that kind of rule about Disney. But according to some trivia I have found on the internet, IMDb, Jeff Gordon was a consultant for the movie. Specifically, and he, he has a cameo as well. He's one of the, I mm-hmm. guess he's not a current race car driver, but a former driver. And specifically, they use some of his experiences as an aging racer, uh, starting to get like one-upped by the younger generation coming through as kind of story inspiration. And also they said, it was said that they took some inspiration from like Pixar interns coming into the company with like a lot of fresh new ideas and maybe uh, kind of showing up some of the, like, older veteran Pixar animators and minds and stuff like that. So just a little bit of the inspiration behind the story. I don't really have, obviously, like I said, it's not based on a fairy tale or anything. And specifically, the director, Brian Fee, also mentioned the film is a love letter to racing, the American way inspired by Americana you see traveling through the South where every small town has a dirt track. So, again, kind of similar to the cars, uh, I guess, going back to that, because 
like we've mentioned before, Cars 2 kind of veers away from it. It has an international setting and a spy kind of theme. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> but back to the kind of Americana, except for uh, whereas Cars is like uh, the American West, Cars 3 is more the American South. Like Florida, they spend a lot of time in Florida, Georgia, Carolinas, etc. So that's all I have, though. Yeah, I was going to say, when you brought Americana, like Cars... For the first Cars movie, I remember hearing that, like, a bunch of the creative team went on a road trip down Route 66. They took a lot of photos for inspiration. Um, And I think there's literally, like, gas stations and motels that they, like, they basically pulled directly from those specific places. And so, I like, I know of some, like, a couple that they did their honeymoon down Route 66. Like, they drove all the way from Chicago to California the whole way. And they stopped at some of those places that were, like, direct inspirations for, like, maybe Flo's Diner or, like, the motel that's in town. So, pretty cool. cool. I wonder if they did the same thing for Cars 3. But I don't know because I couldn't find any good source material for like a, some so some of the movies I've watched like little YouTube videos or like dinosaur last month I found a really cool article that talked about the production process that I found really interesting and didn't really find anything for this one so yeah but moving straight along to personal connections uh don't really have much of a strong personal connection to Cars 3 surprise surprise uh basically when I decided that I wanted to see every Disney and Pixar movie uh, about five or six years ago now, this movie wasn't even out. But so by the time that it was out, I had seen all of them up until that point. So, of course, I couldn't let Cars 3 come out and not watch Cars 3. So that's I've seen it one time before I watched it twice for the episode. So that was the only reason that I really watched it. And I did do the attraction in Hollywood Studios. Again, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy is what it's called. Yes, thank you. Didn't remember the name at all. <laughs> uh, this past, just actually about a year ago this week, slash maybe even today, a year ago at this time, I was right. I was doing the attraction. Again, not really because I felt super compelled to, other than the fact that it was new at Hollywood Studios and I had done everything else and I was waiting for my number to be called for uh rise of the resistance i will say it is a big theater mm, and yes. you can sit down and it's air conditioning mm, air conditioned yes, so yes. and there's not normally a really long wait for it yeah. so there's enough kind of reasons to want to do it mm, if you're that i don't have anything to do with cars i still don't i don't know if they're still doing the virtual queue for rise of the resistance but if you've already ridden uh, the, what's the Millennium Falcon ride? Smuggler's, Smuggler's I'm Run. I'm so bad now. I used to know everything. Smuggler's Run. And if you've already ridden Slinky Dog and... Mickey Minnie Runaway Railway. Oh, now that one's new too. What else is in Toy Story Land besides Slinky? Alien Swirling Saucers and then mm. Toy Story Mania. Toy Story Mania. Yeah. If you've ridden all those or the lines are too long and you need a break, you can head to Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Yeah, and it's 
just because like if you don't know where it is because it is kind of like mm-hmm. tucked back in a corner it's behind rock and roller coaster which before i did lightning mcqueen's recent academy i didn't even know that there was a behind rock and roller coaster but it's like you know when you so you like turn left down to go to rock and roller coaster and then you go straight and then the entrance is right on your left you keep walking yeah. and that's where it is um, but so for my personal connections, I know that I already talked about that I had never seen it before. I'd never seen Cars 2, and I don't really have a lot of love for the Cars franchise. And for this, I blame my little brother and cousin <laughs> because they were obsessed with Cars when it first came out. My cousin in particular. And I think I just, like, was so oversaturated by that first movie that I was, like, I have no interest in, like, ever watching this first movie again. I had no real interest in watching the sequels when they came out because I feel like I had just seen that movie so many times. And even before I'd seen it so many times, I don't think it was really one of my favorites to begin with. Um, But like Rebecca said, I have done the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy attraction. So I already kind of knew, like, Chick Hicks, like, show that he has like that's kind of one of the basis of that attraction Cruz Ramirez is in that so I kind of knew that the like simulator is in it I will say it is a really cool attraction it has like wraparound screen so you feel like you're on this simulator and Lightning McQueen comes out and he looks he's really well done like he moves and like things happen and he interacts and I it just looks really cool I think I feel really bad because I did go on it, but I was so concerned about writing mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance that I think I was kind of like checking my phone. It's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. And I really don't remember much about it. But now that you say the full screens, I kind of remember that. And I do remember thinking like, wow, they probably spent a lot of money on this. Yeah, I will say the only one of the downside is that the seating is just benches. They don't have backs to them. It really bothers me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just like, it's it's, not comfortable seating. mm -hmm. And for a place that, like, has... Because who knows if, like, the Little Mermaid show is going to come back. Like, for a place... And, like, the Beauty and the Beast show. Like, for a place that has very few attractions where you go in and sit down for an extended period of time. Like, make the seating more comfortable. (laughs) At least add a bag to the benches. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like a bleacher bleacher seating yeah it's literally just bleacher seating all right moving right along to our next section quotes from our quote book which again this movie's (laughs) not in there so I had to come up with some of my own I came up with two that I thought were really good and I was like oh there's probably more but these are just the the two that really stood out to me on the first the first time I watched it for the podcast and I was like I've got to include them there's probably more like inspirational quotes just because it's that kind of movie that probably has some, but I thought these were really good. So the first one is from Sally, and she says, don't fear failure. Be afraid of not having the chance. You have the chance. That was really good. I like that. And the next one was from Cruz. <laughs> of course, she has what is it, the maestro of motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you can use anything negative as fuel to push through to the positive. Like I said, I'm sure there's a couple more. I think Smokey probably has a good line or two. I'm Mm. sure Lightning McQueen himself has a good line or two, but I really liked those a lot. 
I will say one of my favorite lines in the movie now wouldn't work. I don't think as it, it like has that essence of being motivational, but like there it's too rooted in the context of the movie mm-hmm. to take out of it. It's like when Lightning McQueen is trying to convince Cruz to go, and he's like he says something along the lines of, along the lines of like I'm giving up my chance so you can have your oh. like your first chance again. You know, yeah. like I don't remember what the exact wording of, but yeah. like that was the essence of what he was saying, and I just thought he, he's saying that was a really good quote. Someone said she says like oh it's your last chance and he says yeah. yes that means it's my last chance to give you your yeah, first your chance. first chance yeah I just like it, I thought it was so good because it was like calling back to so many things of her saying like when she does have that like monologue she's like I gave up my one chance mm-hmm. but it wasn't her one chance she got another one so I just thought that was super cute mm-hmm. um we don't have the VHS or the DVD version of this um I feel like if we had the DVD version of it, I might have seen it. Mm, yeah. We also kind of, like, stopped buying DVDs at some point because did, or didn't we all stop buying I, DVDs? I was just about to say that, <laughs> didn't we all? So. But do we, we don't have any merch either, not anything. I know, I don't. Cars specific. I don't. I'm sure Alex might have some Cars merch. I don't know if Cars 3 specific, specific merch, but I will say, I going back to my kind of point of that Lightning McQueen has so many different paint jobs. <laughs> the Hudson Hornet paint job at the end, like I I don't like I wouldn't mind like a figure of that. Like I really liked that paint job. He looked really good in that. I liked Cruise and the Dynaco stuff. That was super cool. Yeah. I think if I were to get a Cruise one, I feel like I would get the spray painted Jackson Storm one though, just because <laughs> like it's more novelty. Yeah. All right, next section, first overall impressions or things you didn't remember about the movie, in parentheses, if you've seen the movie before. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and it's also where I ask unanswerable questions. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, uh, Cars Universe Discourse online, but it's so Yes, less- are you talking about the photo where, because, like, there, there. I think there's a whole Super Carlin Bros video about this when they talk about like the anatomy of cars because like they have a tongue, like we see Lightning McQueen stick out his tongue, so like that implies that there are other organs. So like, and like, it's just this whole thing. Like, there's a photo on the internet. I won't encourage anybody to go look at it, but it's like a cross section of like what a car with organs would look like. I, just saying I, I cannot but anyway people uh, as the internet does people on the internet are like utterly fascinated by cars and how the cars universe if cars are truly biological life how they work I'm not gonna ask anything about that I mostly just wanted to bring that up to say like I just wonder if there are other sports in the cars universe or is like mm. because Several times in the movie, and I don't remember them doing this in Cars or Cars 2, Cruz says she's running laps. She's, like, running. I was like, what? Mm. You're driving. Like, it just, it was, like, kind of, like, a mental, and it it made me think of, like, the Cars universe discourse, which I don't like to think about. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, the only other things I have for kind of first overall impressions, I don't know if this is too much of a spoiler for ratings but I'm gonna talk I guess we have in the past and we'll just continue to do it like my first impression as to like whether I liked it or not I'll talk about it I like the movie 
I don't love it. I don't really like it, but I don't dislike it. I just like it. And I was trying for a little bit to come up with how to describe it. And so this is the best way that I can while I'm watching it. I always feel like I'm pleasantly surprised by the fact that I like it and that I think it's a good movie. But on the other hand, it's not a movie that I ever think about much when I'm not watching it, except for when I'm doing the podcast. Obviously, I've been thinking about it for the past couple of days. And when we said we were going to do Cars 3, I was like, oh, I don't really want to watch it. So I didn't watch it as early as I have with some of the others. Sometimes I'll watch it a couple weeks before we record and then one or two more times right before. Even the second time I went to watch, I was like, even though I just watched it and I was like, oh, this is a good movie. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it was just like a weird thing. And I, I feel like to, in my head, it's more theoretically good than it is actually good. I want to like it more than I actually like it, but I don't. It still stays at the kind of mediocrity. I feel like it's weird. There's something missing from the story, but at the same time, it's too long and there's too much in it. So it's just kind of a weird, mm. that's the best way I can describe it. But it probably is my favorite Cars movie. Eve, but I have not mm. seen the first one in a hot minute. So again, like Katie said, we'll kind of maybe officially compare ratings once we've done all three of them. But I would say my first impression was like, this is my favorite Cars movie. So. Yeah. As I mentioned before, this was my first time watching it. And I will say I was like very surprised. <laughs> Cut back to my di- like the end of Dinosaur. I was like, I'm going to hate this movie was basically the attitude I had towards it. But I was I actually really enjoyed watching the movie. I had a fun time watching it and I liked it way more than I thought. And I, but I will say I did come in with a really low expectation. So I think it's going to be really hard for me to like discern how good it actually was versus how much better than my expectation it was, if that makes any sense. Um, but I will say as I was watching it, I did realize that I have seen the Super Carlin Bros movie review of it. So I, I did like know the plot basically. I just didn't remember that I knew the plot until I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I know <laughs> what's going on here. Um, I thought it was really fun and I thought it touched on some really, some things that like mean a lot to me in my life, like sports and being an athlete. Um, if you hasn't been mentioned on the podcast or if you don't know me, I actually have a degree in sport management. So we love sports here. So I really liked the topics that it touched on with, um, like aging athletes and how like sports psychology and how that affects their mental state. Um, as well as like just the impact of sports that, people like that the impact that sports have on people and like being an athlete not by any means like a good athlete but I was an athlete all throughout high school and kind of like having that stop when I went to college and kind of having feelings like that and I really liked the this was like super small and I don't people might not have picked up on it too much but the introduction like the introduction of analytics into sports and how big of a role that plays on this like on the sports world they kind of like touched on that a tiny little bit with Natalie Sarton um I just thought it was really interesting and and touched on a lot of topics that I'm really interested in my real life 
So I liked that. And then I already brought up the different paint jobs throughout the movie and how many toys that they can sell. And then my one <laughs> last point, because I don't know where else to have this, really bothered me. Like, why was Cruz, if anybody, if I, if there's an actual answer to this and I'm just being an idiot, like, please let me know. But why was Cruz announced the winner of the Demolition Derby when, like, Lightning McQueen was still, like, standing? And I think there was even another car standing that they showed, like, in the um the only thing i can think of is he got the miss fritter stop sign stuck in his tires i wonder if that counts as like technically a hit or something that's the only Mm. thing i can think of there had to be some they obviously did not explain the rules (laughs) very well of this demolition yeah it was just like the last car standing um so i wonder if there's some and i've never been to a demolition (laughs) derby before like maybe that's generally the rule that goes around at those but i I just kind of assumed there was some technicality also, I have to say, all the things that you talked about, I totally was thinking about you when I was watching the movie. I was like, oh my god, I hope Katie appreciates the sports analytics and the whole aging athletes versus new up-and-comers. I was just like, oh my god, this is so up Katie's wheelhouse. also don't know if you were thinking about this, but I, I thought about Justin Williams a couple times. And just mm. like, uh, hot, so hockey is... My favorite sport, Katie's probably. Yes, Katie's favorite sport. Yeah. I just was double checking. I know it's her favorite sport. <laughs> and the Hurricanes, I think we've mentioned our favorite team. And in hockey, athletes tend to last a little bit longer than in some other sports. It's not on. Especially football. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, some football positions have a life of like, what, two years? Quarterback. Quarterbacks and kickers being the exception. But most positions in hockey, it's not unheard of for players to keep playing through 40. And so it being the avid hockey fans we are, we know a bit about what that takes. And and it's just interesting to see that reflected in this movie, this kid's movie about racing cars. So I I appreciated that. I, I wonder. Obviously, you can enjoy the movie without having that because we enjoy the movie without being racing fans. But it's just interesting that and we'll get into this with the rating or I will for sure but it's interesting that you can pick out that little thing that might not necessarily appeal to everyone but that we found super interesting and for me was a big part of the not a big part but was like a fun part of the appeal of the movie yeah for sure all righty time for trivia time so I don't have too much for you guys here either on this one. Like I said, I didn't find any fun YouTube videos or anything like that. But a couple of things. So um, the movie did use the voice of two actors that actually passed away before the film was produced. One being Paul Newman, who is the voice of Doc Hudson. Uh, he was alive during the filming and production of Cars, but has since passed away. So what they did was they used a couple unused recordings from Cars, so things that they recorded for Cars but never made it to the film, as well as in between takes, Paul Newman and John Lasseter would actually just kind of shoot the breeze about racing and cars. I'm not, I know a little bit about Paul Newman, but I don't know a lot, but apparently he was, he did race car driving. That was a big passion of his. So uh, John Lasseter just like picked his brain in between takes and made sure to be recording the whole time. So they actually used some of that. As well as I heard that apparently some stuff from like video games and I think just some stuff that was recorded actually for cars that they just reused. So 
they were able to do that. The second one is really interesting. Uh, Tom Mag Lizzoli. Leozzi? Leozzi? Mag Leozzi. Mag Leozzi. That has to be how you say it. I feel like I should know how to pronounce his name. He's the voice of Rusty. So Rusty and Dusty are the two old cars that own Rusty's and then sell it Mm -hmm. to Sterling. So Rusty and Dusty are actually voiced by the brothers that host Car Talk. It's a pretty famous, I've heard of it. I didn't, I've, I think I've listened to it with my dad a couple times, a long time ago. But it was a, it's like a really famous NPR, like, weekly show, uh, Car Talk. And their uh, tagline was like, don't drive like my brother. So they say that in the movie. So people that know Car Talk, I'm sure, like, know. But I guess one of the brothers, Tom, passed away before, again, they were in the original Cars movie and then passed away. So for what what they did for this was went back through their old car talk episodes to find things to use and splice together. I believe if I had to guess, because I, I don't know the difference between Rusty and Dusty, I'm guessing the one that talks more is the one that's alive because they could get him. Because I did notice yeah. on the second watch after I had done my trivia prep that one of them talks a lot more than the other. So anyway. I also kind of, I wonder what his brother felt like recording the lines. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that had to be hard. I don't think he died, like, Cars came out in 2006, so it wasn't like he died 50 years ago or anything, you know? Yeah. And then, let alone, like, recording, but then listening to yeah. the movie of, like, him having a conversation That's what I with thought. I was brother, like, oh my god, you know? they, like, talk, and that was really, really strange. Um, but what I found, mm. one reason why I included this, because, like, that's kind of interesting— but what I found even more interesting is, so they used the voices of two actors that passed away. They replaced two actors. One of them didn't pass away, but they just replaced it. I thought, just thought it was funny. Like, they used different strategies. They replaced at least two actors. They might have replaced more, but these are the, like, two main, bigger ones, I guess. So the original voice of Fillmore, the, like, hippie van, um, George Carlin <laughs> passed away, and they replaced him with another actor. And then Michael Keaton was the original voice of Chick Hicks. Can you believe oh that? I don't know. I don't think I knew no. that. And they replaced him because Michael Keaton couldn't put Carsey on his schedule or something like that. He was he was too busy for a three quarter. Well, I of was cars. like, yeah, okay, but like they could get Bonnie Hunt and like who are like I don't, there's like a lot of big names in this movie. I just thought that was like Michael Keaton is the one that couldn't come back. I don't know. He's probably filming Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Homecoming, right? Yeah. Well, and I can't remember the actors that, like, they've replaced them with. I cannot remember either of them. The one that did Chick Hicks is, like, a Pixar guy. Like, a producer mm. or artist or something like that. Um, and he's done voices and other stuff. Uh, but I don't... I can't remember him off the top of my head. One other trivia fact... I guess I really have two other trivia facts, so I shouldn't say one other trivia fact. Um, another trivia fact is that some people were confused, including Cruz, if you watch the movie, as to why Smokey calls Doc Hudson Hood. Obviously, Hood, you know, could be a nickname for Hudson, but no one else calls him that. But apparently, Paul Newman played the title role in the movie Hood, so it could also be a reference to Paul hmm. Newman's filmography. And then finally, uh, we have to touch on the North Carolina stuff, don't we? Uh, The Thomasville racetrack in the movie is actually based off the old North Wilkesboro racetrack in northwestern North Carolina. Again, kind of hinting to the 
origin of race car driving in our own human universe. Yeah, I like that. Me too. That was really neat. So a few first. So this was the first Cars film to not be directed by John Lasseter. Kind of going back to Rebecca's hypothesis that like John Lasseter is a big Cars fan. He's a mm-hmm. Cars fanboy, um, and he was supposed to direct Toy Story four instead, which is why he wasn't planning on directing Cars three. But yeah. during production, he was replaced. Like I guess he replaced himself, like because he he had the authority to do that. Like what? Oh no! It was I was gonna say we don't need to say why he was replaced. It was the oh scandal thing. Okay, Never but mind. I thought it was interesting that like originally Cars Three was supposed to be him. I don't know why, but in my brain I just associate uh, obviously John Lasseter like with Pixar, but like most strongly yeah. in my mind with Cars. Mm. I, think- I, I could buy it. Yeah, but anyway, I just thought it was interesting he was going to direct it, and then I guess yeah. he cho- he had the choice between Cars 3 and Toy Story 4, and he chose Toy Story 4. Um, maybe unpopular opinion alert slash spoiler alert about ratings, but I think I liked Cars 3 better than I liked Toy Story 4. Sorry. <laughs> um, and it was the per- the, it was the first Pixar film to not receive any Academy Award, Golden Globe, or BAFTA nominations, which what? blows my mind because how was Cars 2 nominated for one of those things? <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly the same thing I thought. I was like, what the hell? How did Cars 2 get nominated? I mean... Maybe it had to do with the other animated films that came out those years. That's I the don't only know, thing I can but... think of. That's the only thing I can think of. And I don't think Cars 2 didn't get nominated for an Academy Award. I think it was the Golden Globe or BAFTA. I can't remember, but it was only one of them. So. Yeah, and I will say, like, there has been an uptick of, like, other animation companies making, like, mm. nomination quality films animated films yeah. since the beginning yeah like so since pixar's beginning so cars 2 came out in 2011 cars 3 came out in 2017 so you'd really have to look at the list of other animated movies coming out that year i just to me cars 3 is like miles ahead of cars 2 so it just <laughs> seemed crazy and then the other one that pixar kind of gets slammed for the good dinosaur which i think I'd, you know, we'd, it'd be interesting to look at when we get to it, but I feel like got a better critical reception maybe than audience. Mm. So maybe mm. that's why. I just, I was like, wow, Cars 3 is not good enough, really? Yeah. Um, and then kind of a sub trivia note from that. It was the fil- the fifth Pixar film to not be nominated for just the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. So the previous ones for that were Cars 2, Monsters University, The Good Dinosaur, and Finding Dory. So almost all of those except for The Good Dinosaur are actually sequels. So that's interesting. Yep, yep. and, I feel, and like, I feel like if you knew there were five, you could easily pick those five. Yeah, I mean... I think Monsters University is an underrated film, in my opinion. I enjoy Monsters University quite a bit, and I know that a lot of people don't, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the first Pixar film to be released in 4K Ultra HD (laughs) Blu-ray. I almost said you don't have to say that, but I couldn't find any other first, so I was like, I'll just put it on there. Katie doesn't have to say it. So then we move on to the Easter eggs, which Rebecca and I had a conversation about before recording, are like kind of shoved in your face quite a bit more at least than two maybe some them. other Pixar I, yeah at least so, two of the main ones yeah John Ratzenberger cameos and all asterisks now 
Pixar movies because I know that we'll probably talk about this when we get to Soul, but who knows when that's going to happen. There was a big, not I guess not a big thing, but John Ratzenberger does not voice a character in Soul. So like, I'm sure some people were scandalized. But as kind of like, I guess, a caveat or a way to get around this, they animated John Ratzenberger into a scene in the subway station. So like his, as opposed to his voice being in it, his like face isn't it this time, I guess, like face quote unquote, cause it's animated. But anyways, John Ratzenberger voices Mac and it's like so obvious that that's mm. John Ratzenberger. And I feel like this is like some of his cameos have such few lines. Like mm. Mac actually has like kind of a decent amount of lines. Um, and he's in, He's he's he voices Mac in all of the Cars movies. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, I did see some stuff about like, oh, this is the first one in a while. He had a lot of lines, but it kind of goes back to Cars. Mac is more of a character than some of his. I would call. Yeah. I wouldn't even call this a cameo. This he's voicing yeah. a character, Mac. But I think that's typical because Cars is a, I guess not an early early Pixar, but earlier. So. Yeah. Because if you go back to some of the earlier ones, he was voicing actual characters. Like, Ham is a yeah. character. I think he does P.T. Flea in A Bug's mm, Life. That's a character. That sounds right. In Finding Nemo, he does the School of Fish. That's kind of straddling the line. But Mac is a character, as opposed to some yeah. cameos. I thought what was really funny was that he calls himself the Master of Disguise, and he puts on the stuff, obviously alluding to the fact that he disguises himself as so many Pixar kids. Yeah. It's like, oh, good funny. one, John. Good one. Yeah. Um, the One of the obvious ones was A113. Oh because not only do we see it once, but we see the same one twice. And they, like, linger on it. Like, I swear to God, it's five seconds. Like, I doubt it's five seconds. I'm sure it's, like, 0.7 seconds. But it feels like five seconds. So it's on the office doors of Sterling. Like, it literally says, like, A113 and then Sterling. I think it's, like, the number of his office. Yeah. Um. So they, like, linger on it before the doors open. And then when they leave, you can see it again on those doors yeah I was like wow no one missed that easter egg did they yeah um whereas in Seoul again I don't want to bring it up Seoul again because we'll talk about it later <laughs> but I think some people are saying that one of the a113 easter eggs is that a piano note like a is a a piano note is that yes. <laughs> and the piano note a was played on like a piano that was tuned to like 113 like gigahertz or something like i i don't know how pianos work but i i think it's something like that um and then the next movie because there's always an easter egg for the next movie and the previous pixar movie was for Coco, very obviously, because they literally say Santa Cecilia and then they play like a little mariachi tune and they have like the town square with like the little paper. I'm sure that there's a name for them, but I don't know what they are, like streamer oh, kind of thing. Shoot, I forgot what they're called um, too. They that are like kind of a big like motif in Coco. Like I'm pretty sure the credits use those in the animation. This happens in kind of the montage of them showing Cruz like being a trainer and she goes down the line of like the three cars on the treadmill and the last one is like he's feeling homesick so she puts on like the tv screen above him a picture of Santa Cecilia and plays like a mariachi tune yeah it's like three things it's the they say the actual name of the town they show the town and they play the music I was like Wow. Yeah. It's so funny because I kind of was thinking before the movie started, oh, I forgot to look up what the next movie what is so I can see yeah. if I can find the 
the Easter egg myself, and then I was watching, I was like, wow, I definitely didn't need to look up what the next movie was. I know it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, um, fun fact, oh, Coco came out in the same year as Cars, mm. just later the year, so t- Cars 3, sorry, so 2017, Cars 3, and Coco, and some people have pointed out they both start with the C, and they're both four letters. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then, so, we talked about Triple Dent Gum kind of being, like, an undercover Easter egg that pops up sometimes. Another one of those is the Chinese, like, bo- takeout box is another one, like, that's not in all of them. Like, it's an Inside Out. Um, it was most recently in Seoul. It, um, so, that's, like, a recurring Easter oh, egg as well. I didn't well. know that. But Triple Dent Gum is a sponsor of one of the next-gen cars, so you can see that in the background. And then the Buddha... I did notice this, so, like, when Cruz drags, like, a simulator to the beach, and she's like, we'll just let this boot up, and then Lightning is like, I'm not running on a treadmill when I have the beach. And so, like, when it turns out, it goes, like, like, it does, like, the Mac turning on sound. Um, Again, that was, was, like, way too in your face, too. But the connection there is, you know, Steve Jobs and Pixar and their connection. Mm-hmm. And I think someone said in Wally they use the same sound at one point, like when Wally turns on or something, as like the boot up mm. sound. So I thought that was funny. The triple dead gun one I saw in a YouTube video about Easter eggs, but I can't find it in the actual movie. It's really mm. hard to see. But triple dead gum is my favorite Easter egg. So, oh my gosh, I forgot to think about this more. Why Cars Three is canceled. I really don't have anything besides the fact that at one point in the movie, uh, Sally talks about Lightning McQueen being attractive. And I was like, (laughs) please, I don't want to think about cars being attractive or like attracted to one another. I'm also just like not a cars person. So but I honestly I literally don't know another. uh, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I feel like there was something as I was watching. I was like, oh, is, Re- is Rebecca going to bring that up? But I can't remember what it was. No. Um, there's not enough female characters. It probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test. That's another reason. It is cool that Cruz is like a big character, but like she doesn't have any female friends. And all the racers are men. What? Yeah, but I will say on the flip side of that, like they have kind of an undercover discourse discussion about that. Like that's yeah. something that's a theme throughout the movie. So if you're going to have it, like it's at least good that they kind of acknowledge it, why they're all men, you know, and like they kind of talk about that. But it's ca- flip side. It's canceled because they didn't go hard enough on that. That is true. Like, it was they- very kind of like subverted like the the one thing i think of is when cruz is like oh i didn't see myself in the mm-hmm. racers i was like wow I was like hmm, that's interesting because it means so much yet so little at the same time what is she talking about is she talking about female is she talking about being a minority because cristel alonzo is hispanic so it was just mm-hmm. like hmm, you like could have pushed in on that a little bit yeah, and they do talk about Lou. She kind of has that line of, like, mm-hmm. the men didn't like, a, like, a female racer showing them up. So, like, I stole my own number. Like, if nobody's going to do it, like, you got to do it yourself or something like that. Yeah, it was interesting because she says they wouldn't let us race, so, like, we had to take it. And if you notice, uh, oh, gosh, River, what's his name? Isaiah uh, Whitlock Jr. River Scott says, like, oh, yeah, we had to. So... The actor doing the voice is black. So I'm like, mm. are they, like, black-coding a car? Like, that also seemed a bit strange. 
Yeah, and then going back to Cruz in that line, like, the only thing she says specifically is, like, oh, Cruz, you're too small as, like, one of the things that they talk about her and, like, why she couldn't be a racer. But I think there's definitely that subtext, and I think it's easy to pick up on that there is, like, kind of that she's a woman and there aren't – it's not common for a woman to be a racer. And so she was – she got discouraged. Yeah. Because of that. I think there's – pros and cons to leaving it so open-ended the pro is that a lot of people can put themselves in Cruz's position right everyone can Mm -hmm. kind of see themselves in her empathize with her but I think the cons are that everyone can empathize with with her you know what I mean it's not showing a specific struggle it's almost too broad you know yeah for sure. Um, and then just quickly, some park connections. Um, I don't have much, to be honest. For Walt Disney World, like we've mentioned before, there's the Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. So that's an attraction you can do. There's no other car-specific attraction at Walt Disney World. But at the Art of Animation Resort, um, so the resort has, I think it's like four or six different, four, sorry, four different themes. And one of them is cars. Like there's four different wings and each wing has its own like movie theme and one of them is cars and like a radiator springs themed wing is it cars finding nemo little mermaid and lion Lion king King, i I, think yeah those are the four statues that i can picture from like Mm. the courtyard of those really big statues not that i've ever been to art of animation but i've seen it i have pictures and videos i've never stayed there but i've been there Art of Animation is, I believe, one of the, like, value resorts. Mm, So if you are looking to ball on a budget, I think it's, like, Art of Animation, um, wide, like, the sports. Oh, All-Star Sports and All-Star Music, I think, are, like, the value resorts. There's three All-Stars. Movies, music, and sports. Oh, okay. This is where where my knowledge comes (laughs) in. And Pop Centuries also. But. Mm, Yeah. We're. Uh, let's not advertise for Disney for free, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stay at the window when you go down there, guys. <laughs> I've heard it's really nice. <laughs> Did you have anything else about Disney World? Or um, I mean, I can, I can talk about the characters, so, because it is kind of, it's, it's an extension of the Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy attraction. Like, you can meet Lightning McQueen and Cruz Ramirez. They're, like, outside. You can take photo ops with them if it's not raining. Ooh. Can, um, now, obviously, California has a whole Cars land, right? Mm-hmm. So, at Disneyland, there is a complete, like, so Disneyland have di- has different parks than Disney World, obviously, and one of the parks is, like, or they have a section of one of the parks is Pixar Pier. That's not a completely separate. That's in California Adventure, I believe. Hmm. Um, like, there's a world, kind of, like, you know how there's different lands within a park. It's kind of like that. Um, there's Pixar Pier, and I think that they all. So they also have like a cars theme. Like there's an attraction I know for sure, and you can take photos outside of like the big cones that look like the motel that's at Radiator Springs. So that's really cool. I don't know anything about international representation of cars in the international parks, so. though. I mostly just put that I should do that since I've been there and I could talk about it, but I forgot that I actually have to look that stuff up too. Uh, I don't think there's anything cars, but, um, you know, correct us if we're wrong because I'm not going to look it up now. 
<laughs> All right. I think this may be a record for how quickly we're getting to rating. But to the maybe, rating, yeah. But maybe not. I have no idea. But I do. I am prepared in this way. I do have the rating master list. Been ready to go. So. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm really? I know I, I mentioned this to Rebecca before, but I'm afraid that I'm really going to rate this one too high. I think I'm going to have to be careful. Whatever. I'm this is the first one I'm not nervous to rate. So, <laughs> let's go. All right, first plot and story. So, I'm going to spoiler alert. I'm going to give this a pretty high rating because I actually really really like the layers and themes of the story. I think we've brought this up in a couple previous episodes. So we kind of liked this about Onward and disliked this about Dinosaur, but I think that the themes are great and that there's tons of different themes to pick up on. So kind of like we mentioned with the sports stuff, like obviously if you're a racing fan or a race car fan, that's one thing. If you're a general sports fan, that's one thing. I think there's lots of things like that in this movie. So a couple of the themes I noticed, they talk a lot about legacy. They talk about kind of old versus young, youth versus experience. Um, Katie picked up on this one a lot, and I thought it was really interesting, especially in the context of sports, but like analytics versus emotion, which I think you could expand even more to like, you know, feelings versus facts. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really liked the mental and psychological aspects of the movie and how the movie speaks to how important they are in sport. Uh, women and minority representation, specifically in sports, um, something I'm super passionate about, so I thought that was really cool, like, uh, having the autonomy to decide when you're finished with something, like Lightning deciding when he's done, when he when he's ending his career. I thought that was really compelling. Um, but and then a couple things in general, I really love how it was a super nice mirror to the first film. And I think it gives the... Obviously, I think you could do without <laughs> Cars too, but <laughs> it's such a natural ending point. I don't understand why they would make Cars because I feel like it's it's very symmetrical. Lightning story really parallels Doc's story, and they do a lot of work in the story to show you that. How in Cars, Lightning is the rookie, and in Cars 3, he's the Doc mentor character passing the torch to the rookie, Cruz. Um, like I said, hopefully that means the last Cars movie. Um, and then just a, like, I just, I thought that was like really, really well done. I forgot where I put this. Maybe I put it somewhere else. Oh, I think I put it in another category. But a couple things I wasn't a fan of that took away from the story for me, but probably added some stuff for like kids. Like the Thunder Hollow Crazy 8 Demolition Derby sequence was like, okay. And like I mentioned in the first impressions, I felt like the one critic, the one other bigger criticism I have of the story is there's just so much packed into it. It's not, it's more of a complex story. Like if you even think about how often they move around, like how they start off at the race and then they go back to Radiator Springs and then back to Florida and then up on the, tr- and then he's trading there, and then up to trade outside, and then back to the race. Like, it's just a lot of stuff, and uh, I'll talk more about this in another section, but I think it impacts the story, so I'll mention here, there's just a lot of too many characters, I think. So, mostly good and positives, and things I really like, a couple things that I dislike. 
Yeah, um, I really like we've kind of been touching on and Rebecca specifically mentioned in her plot and story section. I liked a lot of the elements of the story, um, specifically, like I've mentioned before, the more sport aspects like sports psychology. And then I thought it was just a really interesting. I know I kind of already talked about analytics, but I just thought it was a really interesting kind of short mention of kind of this big revolution that's almost happening in sports with the rise of analytics and how effective are analytics actually because we as kind of consumers of sport really like to believe that there is an element of like passion mm-hmm. and an element of drive that can impact the results of the sporting event and not just numbers. And I well I think that there is definitely a balance to be struck between the two which I think they touched on within this, you know, like Lightning McQueen's, not that Lightning McQueen really won won the race, and we'll maybe (laughs) talk about that later, the technicality, Um, but like that, like like Jackson Storm had like a 97 or 98% chance of winning, and he ended up not winning, and kind of those moments where the unexpected happens are what makes sport so like enjoyable and so makes people so passionate about them. So just kind of my spiel on analytics in sports and how that's kind of going to revolutionize sports slash has already. Like we already talked about the sports psychology aging, aging athletes. And I think this was a really interesting parallel to kind of the first movie, like Rebecca mentioned, um, like Lightning McQueen going back to racing on like real dirt, which he was hesitant about to begin with. And then he's really driving that to cruise about how important that is to a racer. Um, and then like Rebecca also talked about the sex, like the elements of sexism that they brought up specifically with Cruz and Lou, I really enjoyed. And then kind of, again, I feel like our sections are so (laughs) similar. One of the things I think really took away from the plot was this is kind of getting into characters. I'll try not to touch on it too much, but overall the story was impacted negatively for me with like the inclusion of the radiator springs characters and i know that's like kind of bad because they like are the characters that like carry out through the cars movies like sally and mater they're important to the franchise but the inclusion of them like almost kind of dragged the story backwards i feel like every time that they were included it's like it's like that that could have been cut out and the movie could have been shorter and more to the point um But I will say, just because I don't have a section about him in the character section, one thing I really enjoyed with Mater is how quickly he kind of, like, became a Cruise fan and, like, how enthusiastic he was to become a Cruise fan. Like, he, like, when he came out wearing, like, the Cruise hat, you know, as he as opposed to, like, the big Lightning McQueen hat that he used to wear, I was like, that was so heartwarming Mm, to me. The only thing I could think of is they were really between a rock and a hard place because how do you have a Cars movie and not include all those characters that a lot of people know yeah. and love, especially if they're big fans of Cars, and and include them in the story. But also, they're not necessary to the story. I think they kind of did the yeah. best that they could, trying not to impact the story, but also letting people see them. But I agree. If this was a, the original story, or this was like Cars, you wouldn't have those you know characters yeah it's like when sally came back at the end for like his final race which cruz ended up running anyways it was kind of like is she really not like does she need to be here right now you know um but again that's kind of getting to the characters but that's kind of one of the only negatives i have about the overall story 
And I know Rebecca mentioned a couple times that it is long, and I remember when I clicked on the Disney Plus thing, I was like, yeah. oh my god, how long is this movie? But I will say, maybe contrary to where Rebecca feels, it never really, the boat, it never, the two times <laughs> I've seen it, it didn't really feel like it was dragging on at any point. Um, I maybe enjoyed the Crazy 8 section a little bit more than you did, not that it was like my favorite part of the movie anyway. It just felt like um, such a kid thing, which yeah. obviously it needed, yeah. but I was like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> I yeah. I wouldn't say I it feels like it's dragging, but after looking back after watching the movie, I'm like, oh, I feel like that was too long. They should have cut. So it's not mm. like a huge thing. It's not like in the movie, I'm like, okay, you could cut this. Like I feel like that's egregious. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just the fact that after the movie was over, I was thinking, wow, that was kind of long, and the story was a bit convoluted. I feel like it should have been a bit more straightforward. So again, not too yeah. egregious. Do you have a number in your head? I do. It's out of ten, right? I, t- I like. Right? I okay. every time. <laughs> yes. Did I have this? I feel time? like you did. My God. Yes, it's out of ten. Sorry, I've had four concussions. My memory is not. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't tell people that. Um, I. We can, it doesn't really matter who rates first. And if our sections are similar in the next ones, I'm sorry, but uh, you get to go first next time. So even if they're the same, you'll look better. So, okay, wait, what what is your rating? You had it down beforehand, didn't you? Oh, so I thought about it and I'm really between two numbers and I'm like afraid. Okay, well then I, I'm, I'm going to go with, not that I'm confident in mine, but like I have a number and I'm not changing it. I'm going with seven okay just because it was like it was nothing groundbreaking so I don't want to give it like too high of a score and there were certain things that like didn't that made it not the perfect movie but I still really liked it and I know that we talked about those elements and those elements mean a lot to me that like the sport element so I'm really between a seven and eight Mm. because I just really and it's so I can see our previous plot and story numbers, so it's really funny mm. because this is a spoiler alert, way higher than any before. Oh gosh! But um, I mean, just for plot and story, I think, yeah. You know, I think each category is pretty different. Yeah. Um, I the stuff that I like, I really, really like, and I feel like I didn't have any harsh criticism of it. But I was really on seven for a while, and then I was only on eight because of you saying that you liked it more. So I'm going to go with seven. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm, like, afraid that people really dislike Cars 3 and that we're going to come off as, like, Cars 3 fangirls. Um Okay. <laughs> after one rating. Well, be... I know. It's just, like, the way that we've talked about it, too. Yeah. Like, previously to watching Cars 3, if I had listened to somebody talking about Cars 3 in, like, such a positive way, I'd be like, these nincompoops. I Um, told you. (laughs) So our next section, as it's going to be a stay in Pixar movies, is kind of the emotionality of the film. That still feels like not a real word to me. But anyways, um... So I do think that overall the emotion that was most evoked in this was kind of like reminiscing um, both in the sections with Doc and I think specifically like with Lightning McQueen kind of like having to look back on his racing career and like reminiscing isn't 
a sad emotion. So I didn't, I didn't cry during this Pixar movie. I feel like we always have to come out and say that with Pixar <laughs> yeah, movies. That's Be definitely transparent. That's definitely a, a subsection of emotionality. Did the movie make you cry? Yeah. So I think that some of the flashback scenes with Doc were emotional, but like I didn't get sad watching them. It was more like, oh, like Doc, cute. Um, but I also feel like I'm not super connected to the characters in like the Cars universe. So like maybe if I was a mm. huge Cars fan and like Doc Hudson was my favorite and like having him come back and kind of like seeing McQueen in the like Doc Hudson like fabulous paint job the fabulous duck well I can't say that anyways at the end of the film I feel like those might make some people more emotional than it made me the scene of Cruz kind of like breaking down and talking about her story and how she wanted to become a racer originally I think at that point we weren't like emotionally connected with Cruz enough like this was the turning point for us to like be emotionally connected with Cruz so it didn't have like a super hard like emotional punch in the gut like it didn't make me sad it was more like we're getting to know her backstory and her character and like her motivations um I do think the most emotional point for me was when Cruz was racing and like she won and she did the dog cuts and flip like I was like oh my god (laughs) um I thought that was like really cute and like seeing how happy she was and seeing Lightning McQueen kind of like let go of his dreams in that moment and kind of move on and be happy for her was like probably one of the most most emotional points in the movie and then because we also talk about humor in this I did like really enjoy the humor in this movie there were a couple times that I think two times maybe that I kind of like chuckled out loud or laughed out loud (laughs) um so yeah I think overall not like it's it's always kind of like we have to toe a line with like this category because we can't just be like did it did it make me cry 10 you know like it's kind of the it's not the only emotion that Pixar movies evoke in us shouldn't just be sadness and tears. You know, like, there are other emotions that yeah, you love to get. Yeah, don't forget there's five emotions only. Yeah, <laughs> and um, f- disgust. Sorry, I couldn't, I, like, wanted to say envy <laughs> and then I wanted to say something else, but disgust is my favorite. Mm. It's pro- she's probably my lead or emotion in my body. Really? She's at the control panel. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't think she's at mine. Um, probably sadness. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically Riley's sadness because Oh Chris my is the god. Best. Uh, sadness and joy are best friends and they're a tag team. Mm. So anything else? I don't think so. That was that was kind of the overview of my notes. So I'm gonna start with joy then. Um, I like to always yeah, I think I totally agree with Katie. Emotionality is not just sadness. There's lots of emotions, even more than five, (laughs) just in case you didn't know. But I'll start with the humor. I thought it was really funny, and I love humor. It really does not take much to make me laugh. I don't remember if I laughed out loud, but I thought the old person jokes (laughs) almost went a little bit too far, but, like, were hilarious (laughs) at the same time. Like, senior project fossil my favorite was what if you fall on the beach and can't get up like oh my god and I just I really loved like the sincerity that I feel like Cruz delivered each one with it was like she fully believed that like he might fall on the beach and not be able to get up like at the end when they're about to race it's more of like a like did you take like I took my nap ha 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 but like at that point she's like no I'm like legitimately afraid Yeah, that was, I thought it was really funny. The other, like, piece of humor that I thought was funny, and I think I did laugh out loud, is that at this 
but it's kind of like a blink if you miss it. So in the Demolition Derby, there's a New York taxi cab oh, yeah. that has some like really great lines. He's like, get the honk out of my way. And it's like an actual car horn yeah. honking. I, I think like, he also oh says God. something like, hey, I'm driving here. I'm driving here. here. Yeah, and then he which is like the classic, like, hey, I'm walking yeah. here. There's a couple adult jokes, like Whitening does the life's a beach and then you drive by. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to different emotions besides humor. I didn't cry, but I did get choked up specifically at one point in the movie when Smokey reveals to Lightning McQueen that Doc had sent him all the letters and they were all about Lightning. And Lightning was afraid that uh, Doc was grumpy and was still regretting that he wasn't racing himself. And then we find out that was like actually the happiest years of his life. And I think that obviously that's that kind of on its own is, is emotional, but I think what gives it extra weight is like, that's what allows lightning to grow himself and understand that racing isn't the only thing. And I, uh, I, I was like, Oh, that hit me in the heart just a little bit. I felt it. I was like, Oh, I, I like that, but I didn't cry. It didn't make me cry. Um, when Cruz wins, I literally wanted to like cheer out loud. I was so happy. I like, I think I did like a fist pump. Um, I also, and then even like the scene after that, I really love. I love when they show the, the little kid car that had been cheering oh for lightning gosh, the yeah. whole time. It's like Cruz Ramirez. I was like, oh, I love it. And then Natalie certain notices, she's like, oh, yeah, that was a good race. And then all the other racers, like, congratulate her and, like, tire bump her. I was like, oh, love it. And um, the fact that Cruz gets Doc's old number and Lightning uh, does the, like, uh, paint job in homage to Doc Hudson were, like, pretty good. So I think I got a number in my head. What about you? I think I do, too. Okay. I feel like this is... People are going to be surprised by how low this is based off my comments. Yeah. But I've just got to think about other Pixar movies. Uh, so I'm going to go with a four. Okay, I'm going to go with a five. That was kind of what okay. was in my head. I thought about five, but I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I liked the humor, but, like, it was only old person jokes. Like, yeah. Um, And it, like, those things that I talked about were, like, good, but they weren't great. Yeah. And that that was it. There wasn't really much more emotion than just those things. All right, next category is characters. Uh, I really don't have a ton of notes here, so I'm glad you don't either. Yeah. Um, again, just to reiterate, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is there's just too many of them. The All the characters from the first Cars movie that, you know, like Katie and I have already said, aren't really essential to the story and feel like they kind of weigh it down a little bit. Um... Lightning McQueen is there. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really super connect with him. Um, I appreciated the, like, different kind of story they told, uh, obviously, than the first story. It was interesting. I feel like sometimes with, with sequels and prequels or whatever, <laughs> there's a tendency, like, I don't know. I think about Iron Man. People have criticized Iron Man for, like, learning the same lesson in all of his movies. Mm. And I can totally see that. I feel like this was not the same lesson that he learned in Cars. You can tell that he's grown since then and he grows additionally. So that was nice. <laughs> I just said I don't relate to him, but I feel like a lot of people can relate to Lightning. He's kind of like, eh, you know, there. Yeah. 
Um, Cruise, for me, is more relatable. I think it's a really interesting story to tell about someone that feels like they don't belong, um, someone that's afraid of failure, uh, someone that doesn't see herself in people and places that she wants to be, that's not big and strong and confident enough, that has a lot of self-doubt, that uh, specifically one of the lines that I really liked was when she asked Lightning, like, how did you know that you belong? And he's like, oh, I never thought I didn't. I feel like a lot of people that aren't, that, yeah, that aren't white males with money can really relate to that. So maybe that's like a positive of Cruz being a bit more, the story being a bit more ambiguous on the like, why you don't fit in and like feeling like you don't always belong. Aside from that, though, I I think those are all good things about her character. But like, aside from that, I'm like, what else yeah. is there? She's kind of just a stand in for all of those things, which I think is important. But like, besides that, like, she's a race car trainer that wanted to be a racer. Yeah. And we don't know anything else. Not that we know a lot about like the cars, but <laughs> I just feel like she didn't have a lot of personality traits or things outside of that um so anyway that's the only thing I but I I really related to a lot of those things and I really appreciated that kind of story being told so I I go back and forth um oh I forgot to say this with Lightning McQueen but one thing I really liked is his apology to Cruz uh after he breaks the trophy and like sends her home like I thought that was really cute um other than that I don't know there's way too many characters to talk about uh basically I'll just say I can't decide who I hate more uh Chick Hicks Sterling or Jackson Storm at any at every point of the story I was like wow that's the worst of those guys and then (laughs) the other one did something and I was like oh that's the worst one I feel like the only saving grace of Chick Hicks is that like he's kind of like in there to be a gag you know like I feel like he's more funny the other I guess ones. I just don't want to forgive him for how he treated uh, Natalie Certain in the beginning. Yeah, that is oh. true. Maybe that was what I thought of. That might have been like wh- when I was like, "Oh, Rebecca's gonna bring this oh. up." Oh, oh, that could be. Yeah, that was a really annoying. He was like that numbers girl, and she's like, "Actually, I prefer statistical analyst." I was like, "Yeah, mm, you tell him." <laughs> Excuse me, I'm speaking. <laughs> So for Lightning McQueen, I really enjoyed his growth throughout the movie as well as kind of like the direction they took his character in. I know like Rebecca talked about how it was an interesting story to tell for Cars 3 and especially if you look, again, I haven't seen Cars 2, so if you look at kind of like the progression of him from Cars, like the beginning of Cars to the end of Cars 3 is like a really different character and I enjoy that because it's not like a cheaply done character development. Like I feel like we see it in those two movies, his development. He's not just, we come back to Cars 3 and he's already a different person than we knew from the end of Cars. Um, For Cruz, I really liked her. I liked her spunk and kind of like her vulnerability and her trust in Lightning McQueen and kind of like the rapport that they created throughout the movie I thought was really cute. Um, Something specifically with her character, I really thought it was like, I thought it was cute that a couple times like when she took off, she would like kind of scream, like it would have this like yelp, like high-pitched scream. Like I thought that was really funny and cute for her (laughs) character. And then specifically just like me, not that I saw a lot of my 
myself in crews, but like I am a woman in the sports industry. Like I'm not an <laughs> athlete by any means. Um, and I don't think that like maybe my feeling of discrimination is maybe as high as kind of like she was feeling at that point, but it's still kind of is like, it wasn't like a couple times throughout college. I was the only girl in that class for that day. You know, it wasn't super uncommon for that to happen or me to be put in a group of four other guys and me to be the only girl and not that like I really had a huge problem with that but like it is something that is kind of a common thing in the sports industry specifically so I kind of could connect with her a little bit on that um and then I have a note here that you've already answered I said (laughs) I I really I really liked the owner of Rusty's like their characters and I was like are they in the other movies but Rebecca already said that they were at (laughs) least in the first one I don't know if they're in the second one at all um but I thought that they were really good and really funny and I enjoyed that and as soon as we met Sterling like I knew that he was gonna be a bad guy um like he just had like he I, I said this before, but I couldn't place the voice of him, and I thought it was the voice of Callahan. Like, he gives me Callahan mm-hmm. vibes from Big Hero 6. Um, and it just proves proves my point that you can't trust rich, powerful men. They're always going to end up being the bad guy. Um, <laughs> so I definitely, um, I will say, maybe one exception to this rule is, what is his name, like, Tex? The guy who like, ends say, up buying Rusty, Except for Tex. Yeah, I really liked him. He's the villain. He's going to be the villain in Cars 4. Just you wait. <laughs> uh, I really liked that line of like, here, let's talk Sterling. Billionaire to billionaire. Like, My okay. jaw dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> Um, but I thought it was, like, really cute that he, because, like, he's kind of in the beginning, like, hey, McQueen, if you ever want to, like, race for me, like, I can kick out Cal, you know? And then it comes back in the end that, like, he buys Rusty's, like, basically it's implied for Lightning McQueen's kind of freedom to let him choose what he wants, and I think that's really cute. And then he also is, like, super supportive of of Cruz from what we see as well. Mm. So I really enjoyed that. I uh, just thought of another reason why Cars 3 is canceled for having too many billionaires. <laughs> well, we are on a racetrack where we're talking with owners of a race car, so. Uh, do you have a number in your head? I think so. Yeah. I do, too. Mm, yeah, yeah. You go first. Three. Okay, I had four in my head. Because I was like, I was thinking five, but I was like, I kind of wanted it lower than I had my, like, emotionality score. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with four. That's that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, there's really just, I have too many criticisms of it. Yeah, and I do think it's, it's so probably f- my least favorite. Like, it's, of the categories that we have, like, this is my least favorite of yeah, them. Yeah, so. I would rank it. If you ranked the five categories, like, one through five, I would rank this last as well. So that's that's what I was thinking. This would be my lowest point. It's interesting because usually you're the harsher raider, but yeah. for Cars Three, I'm being. I know. I like. I really enjoyed this movie. I feel like I'm going to be people. Maybe I I'll feel stupid if I ever re-listen to the dinosaur episode. And at the end, I'm like all down in the dumps about how I have to watch Cars Three. <laughs> I knew it. No, I didn't know it, but it's funny. I'm not that surprised. Yeah. So moving on to animation, I don't have a whole lot to say about animation. Not that I feel like I ever really do because I'm not like an animation (laughs) professor, Um, but I don't know how different it is from Cars. And again, I haven't seen Mm. Cars in a really long time, but I don't know how many like strides they made within the animation. But again, like it's not, 
it's not an animation that's made to look super realistic. Like, they're literally animating cars talking. So there is, like, some sort of, like, I do, and I also, kind of on the flip side of that, I really enjoy that they kept the style, like, stylistically through those movies. Um, I I do like that. Specifically, I did really like the beach scene, and I think how they animated, like, the sand. Um, like, I guess when, like, Cruz is, like, dug in the, like, in the hole, I thought that, I thought Mm. that looked really good. Um, and then just in general, not specifically with the sand, I really enjoy, like, this is gonna sound really weird, I enjoy, but I like how they make sure to make, like, Lightning McQueen's, like, the part of, I I don't know, car, it's, like, the part of the car that's around the tires, like, that's dirty after he's, like, driving on track, you know? Oh, you can see the, oh, I was gonna say, you can see the sand on him afterwards, but yeah, yeah, on the track, too. That's interesting, because I have the opposite note about the beach. (laughs) I don't know if you saw that. Oh, gosh. No, I didn't. No, no, it's fine. It's just a different perspective. So, I think the animation in this is good, but I'm not gonna be giving it a great rating, because I specifically think it's not remarkable. I think Mm. that and this is, like every category, just personal preference, by the way. It's mm-hmm. not um, an objective rating by any means. One thing that I liked about the animation is, like, the animation of the racetrack. Again, not being, like, a racing racing person. But it looks realistic to me in terms of, like, the tire prints and tracks and the debris on the, on the racetrack. Like, it feels and looks like a real racetrack. I think that's really cool. I think some of the new designs of, like, the next-gen racers were really cool. I really... Sorry to j- jump in, but, like, this different sound that Jackson's store made, like, compared to the other racers, I thought was a cool... Like, a really cool choice that they made. Yeah. Um, I thought the scenery is actually really good, especially in, like, the road trip scenes. Um, it reminded me a bit of... The Good Dinosaur, which is interesting because someone said they drive through that farm. I was like, what? Um, Like, in the background, I guess, is the farm. I don't know if it's... Someone says it's the same one. I don't know if it's true. But on the other hand, it almost looks too realistic. To have, like, animated cars Compared to the cars. Specifically, I guess I didn't write this note, but I remember. Specifically in the beach scene, Mm. I just thought the contrast was really odd. Mm. Not it didn't bother me all the time and it didn't bother me a lot, but like specifically when Cruz was driving and had the like trailer behind her, I was like, Oh, that looks so weird. The beach <laughs> looks hyper realistic and that's like an animated car, like not realistic at all. Yeah. Um, I also said I like the next gen races. I just don't personally like the design of the cars. Like it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know how you animate cars to not look weird, but they look weird. Yeah. So, I've decided on my rating. How about you? I think I did too. I'll go first because I started talking first. I think I'm going to go with a five. I'm also going to go with a five. Okay, I thought our about ratings a four will be very s- similar today. <laughs> I thought about a four for a second, but I was like, I can't do one point lower than you. I've done that like every time. <laughs> All right, I've already given it scores for the arbitrary category, but okay. so I know what the score is overall. It's interesting. Okay, so for our arbitrary category, um, just because of how much we talked about it and how much it means to us, we're naming this the power of sports. So just because that was kind of our favorite thing about the movie, I think, and something that just really resonated with mm. us, we're giving it a 10 out of 10, I think, for both of us, if I'm... If I'm understanding Rebecca's earlier comment correctly. Thanks for speaking for um, me. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, yeah, and this might be getting, I don't know, a little too off track, but I will say, um, so one, I studied abroad twice during college, and one of them, I went to Kenya and did a program that was specifically called, like, the impact of sports. That was empowering on children. Empowering youth through sports. Yes, I couldn't remember <laughs> empowering youth through sports, and so I kind of do have like previous experience and just kind of knowledge on how much sport means to people and how impactful it can be on their lives. So we just really wanted to include that because I think both Rebecca and I do agree that they both have it impacted our lives. So yeah, I was gonna say we also have our own personal experience on that as well. Um, so thanks for speaking for me, but I also give it a 10, but don't forget that's okay. also just our, uh, I don't know what our I Our automatic 10 arbitrary category. <laughs> yes. It's also just our base of giving the movie a 20 out of a hundred. Yes. If we gave it a zero on everything else, it would still get a 20 out of 100. So it's the padding. Yeah. So you're ready for the rating? I am. I, I, I remember that the Rotten Tomatoes was a 69, yeah. so I'm prepared to compare it to that. I almost want to, I feel like I should put that on the spreadsheet, uh, give it its own mm. column so we can do that. I may, yeah. I may go back and do that. Um, do you have any guesses? No, I have no idea. I can't do math that fast, Rebecca. So we gave it a 60 out of 100. Okay. I'm kind of surprised, but I guess we character and uh, character and emotionality I'm trying to think if I had given it because I was kind of in between if I had given it even four extra points it still would have been a 64 so still lower than yeah. Rotten Tomatoes do you want to guess where that puts it in the rankings one <laughs> no. no I think it's I, I think it's probably a two two or three at this point it's two do okay. you remember what we gave dinosaur it was like a 72 maybe oh yeah that's onward onward was 73 so that's okay. I'll give that to you 59. So Cars 3 edges out Dinosaur by one point. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I feel like that's kind of wrong. I feel like there's a bigger separation between mm. Dinosaur and Cars 3. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe we're a bit harsh. I also, so again, Onward is a 73. I feel like there's not that much between Onward and Cars 3. Yeah, I think that the main thing with Onward, and not that we didn't have a lot of talk to talk about Cars 3, because that was kind of one of my complaints about our dinosaur episode, is that like the greater themes weren't there. I do think that we were able to pick up on some greater themes, but a lot of them were like within the sports industry. And so they probably mm. weren't like maybe as impactful to the story as some of the themes that Onward gave us. Yeah. I don't know. That That's the only thing I can really think of that created that spread. I do think looking back, I maybe to bump it up a little bit more, I think I maybe wouldn't have been so harsh on plot and story just because that was my favorite part of the movie. I might have maybe given it an eight, which honestly, like, would only bring it up one point at the end of the day, but. We, we rated the plot and story, so that's what I was alluding to. Before this, the plot and story highest rating was a six, and you gave mm. that to Onward. Oh, okay. Um, I gave Onward a four plot and story so seven was kind of my highest by far yeah we both gave it higher scores for emotionality which i think is fair yeah we you gave onwards characters a nine so that was Mm. really where the big difference was in characters and then we both gave animation higher which i also think is fair yeah um so the biggest difference was in animation and characters which I think is fair. Um, 
looking back, I don't think I would have rated Cars 3 lower. I maybe would have rated Onward lower, but it looks like yeah. you rated Onward higher than I did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So. Nine? What was I thinking? <laughs> Um, I mean, we'd have to roll the tapes back, but that's what's in my spreadsheet. Yeah. I mean, I think like, not that I disagree with that, but I think it also was super hard for that to be like our second episode. Not that we're like much more experienced now, but also like Mm -hmm. with it being such a new film and like, haven't been like, hadn't been like sitting with me for that long of a time. But anyways, okay. I, I don't dislike that, but I think I probably, if you had asked me to rate out 100, I think I would have rated it higher than a 60. Agreed. That still leaves Snow White in last place, by the way. So don't worry. I'm sure it will not stay there forever. Yeah, I can hear people yelling at us coming for us. But I feel like that's the right rating. Like maybe uh, they should be a bit closer or a bit different. But if you ask me to rate those like one through four, I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, I would agree. It would right. So it's like Snow White, Dinosaur, Cars Three onward. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I have more. I have faith in us again, but I think that spread between onward and Cars Three is maybe going to come back to bite us when we start mm. filling in those gaps. Maybe there's going to be a lot in between that. Yeah, I feel like. So wrapping up for our Main Street Daily News. Um, just kind of update you on how going visiting Walt Disney World works. There is park hopping now available since the start of the year. So you how that works is when so you still have to reserve. So you couldn't you couldn't park up before. I don't think I knew that. No, no. So you couldn't park up before this. So how that works is you when you go to reserve your original like park ticket like you had to before you just have to I believe there's a park hopping option I did see that in one YouTube video I haven't seen anywhere else so that could be wrong but I think that you have to specifically like choose a park hopping reservation you have to enter that park so you can't like Hollywood Studios is the hardest reservation to get right now and Epcot is the easiest maybe that changes with the Festival of the Arts coming um but like Animal Kingdom, Epcot. So you can't like make a reservation for Epcot, not go to Epcot and just use it to get to Hollywood Studios later in the day. You have to actually enter that park that you have the original reservation for. So you have to like bump in, go into whatever park you had the original reservation for. When it hits 2 p.m., that's when you can park hop. And you can only park hop if there, I, I have even more technicalities. Just wait, you can only park hop if that park is not at capacity. There's a number you can call, multiple ways you can find out if it is so you don't go there and then find out some technicalities even if you have a reservation like say I'm at Animal Kingdom and I make a reservation for a restaurant at Magic Kingdom at seven o'clock even if I have that reservation if Magic Kingdom is at capacity until seven o'clock like that doesn't guarantee me to get into Magic Kingdom on the flip side of that if I start at Epcot park up to Magic Kingdom If I want to go back to Epcot and Epcot is at capacity, I could still get into Epcot because that's where my original reservation was for. I don't know why that that makes sense, but. Is crazy. Also, that brings up the point. I wonder if normally that's the case with the reservation thing, because I mean, obviously the park doesn't hit capacity as much as it is now because it's a very much lower capacity. Mm -hmm. But. I mean, it would on holidays. What if you started somewhere else, had a dinner reservation at Magic Kingdom, and it was at capacity? I wonder what the policy is normally. 
Yeah, I do think that, like, cast members will help you cancel that reservation so you're at least not mm. penalized for it. Um, gotcha. But you're not guaranteed to get into that park even if you have a reservation. Interesting. Other news, as I mentioned before, Soul is out on Disney Plus, free for the masses if you pay the whatever $99 it costs for a Disney Plus subscription. And then one last thing that I didn't have a whole lot of extra information. Oh, I mentioned this in passing, but the Festival of the Arts has started at Epcot. Um, So that's fun. I really enjoy that festival. I'm not a huge festival person, so I don't know if I feel like educated enough to say it's my favorite festival because I also haven't attended all of them, but I do really enjoy Festival of the Arts. I think it's one of the more creative and maybe one of the most integrated festivals that they have. That's why I love Epcot. I think that, it, I mean, obviously it's worth going to Epcot without festivals, but it's so much better when there are and there's so many. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton, but a lot of the time throughout the year you can go to a festival. Also, just a quick note on Seoul. Katie and I have already seen it. I know mm-hmm. you're wondering. And we did watch it on Christmas Day when it came out. I was kind of hoping it might be the next one we reviewed. Oh, gosh, but no. I want time. What? I guess, but I just have so, I had so many thoughts and reactions. I felt like I should be taking notes when I watched it. This podcast has already ruined me for watching Disney movies. (laughs) Um, But I thought it would have been fun. But but just so you, this, hopefully now you trust us and know for sure it's random because Soul is not the next movie, so... My last little bit of news is that WandaVision premieres on Disney Plus on the 15th. I am so excited. I think that I'm probably more excited for this than I was season two of The Mandalorian, which I Becca was probably more excited for Mandalorian, but I have just been watching so many videos and like trailer breakdowns and teaser breakdowns leading up to this, and I think this is going to be, and it gets me so excited for all these Marvel TV shows because not that The Mandalorian doesn't do this, but The Mandalorian doesn't have like a set of movies coming out congruently that happens in the same universe as, like there are Star Wars movies and it happens in the same universe as The Mandalorian, but like they're not coming out concurrently with The Mandalorian. This, I feel like just has so many, is going to be so important to the overall like Marvel MCU and I am just so excited for MCU content and Scarlet Witch is one of my favorites. She's the most powerful Avenger. Don't at me. End of story. She almost took on Thanos by herself in an endgame. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's end of story. I do really like Scarlet Witch, and for a while, Vision was my favorite, and people made so much fun of me for that. Sorry. Oh, my God. Eric Boss from New Rockstars literally is on a crusade, and he hates Vision. He, like, bullies people that like Vision. Sorry I like Vision. Uh, But Nebula is definitely my favorite Mm -hmm. now. I haven't changed for a while. But anyway, I'm excited, but I don't watch trailer breakdowns, so I literally have no idea what it's going to be about. So it's I'm about like excited. So many <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but just to say, like, I wasn't excited for Mandalorian season two that much. I thought season one was I I liked how you put it. How did you put it? It's production value or whatever. What was oh. your explanation for Mandalorian season one? Oh, like one? the production value and the cinematography is like the reason you watch it. Yeah. I feel like Season two was so good. I watched it in one day. I watched it last week. It was so good. I loved it. Um, I don't know why it took me... Well, I do know why it took me so long, but I wish it hadn't taken me so long. So we'll see how I feel about... You can't... You can't 
base my feelings on something based on how I feel before. Not especially not with me. I like I said, I didn't even watch a trailer for anything Mandalorian season yeah. two, and I haven't seen. I've I when I scroll through social media and it automatically plays without sound. Like yeah, I've seen that, but that tells me nothing. So yeah, I'm that's just, the extent. Yeah. I'm so excited. Episodes are going to come out weekly on Friday, starting on the 15th. And hockey season is coming back on the 13th. (laughs) So January was a very exciting month because we got Seoul on Christmas Day. I know that wasn't really January, but The Bachelor came back, WandaVision, and hockey. Like, wow. And it's my birthday month. January 2021. Is good, at least for one person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Positives. So, for... Wait, are you... Do you want to do this? You're the one who picked no, it. No, it's you. Oh, okay, it's okay. You. I'm just so excited. For our next episode announcement, we are doing Moana. And <laughs> both of us, I think, are so excited. I love Moana. And I think when Moana came out, people were like obsessed with Moana. I've never stopped being obsessed with Moana. You know, like she was like the newest, hottest thing. She was the new hottest movie. But then like when other movies came out, people were like, oh yeah, Moana. Like, no, I still love Moana just as much Mm -hmm. as the first time I watched a movie. Yeah. I just, I'm so, I like really wanted it to be like a big blockbuster movie. Like mm. not that it's not fun to research like dinosaur and cars three and stuff. It It's really fun. It's cool. But like, Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So it should be a good one. I'm really looking forward to it. Spoiler alert. The music is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I can't it the make music. it a 10. My jaw like dropped when I got Moana because I did the random number generator this time. I was like, oh my God, it's not real. Yeah, so that's super exciting. Look out for our February episode. It's also really funny because do you know what movie came out after Moana? No. No. Cars 3. Oh, okay. And it's funny because when we did Cars 3, I noticed that the next movie was Coco. So I was like, oh my God, we were one away from Coco or Moana, and you picked Cars 3. <laughs> so I just thought it was so really we got funny. one of them. I hope that you guys enjoyed our breakdown of Cars 3. I had a lot of fun. I'm really glad I was finally kind of more motivated to watch this movie. I had more of a reason to. Forced. Um, Yeah, I was forced to watch it, and I'm glad I did. I really liked it. Um, So you can find us on Twitter at greatmovie underscore pod, on Instagram at greatmoviepod, and then you can email us anytime if you rated along at home or if you want to let us know what movies you're most excited for or least excited for, you can email us at greatmoviepod at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to those things called podcasts. That means Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and online at Podbean. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our episodes that come out once a month. And please rate and leave a review. We would love you forever. (laughs) So thanks, have a magical day, and we'll see you at the movies. Ballyhoo,